Hello everybody, welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in the series we're doing called You Have the Words, You Have the Words of Life. We are well into this series, we're going to do a couple more weeks after this and then we'll start a new series, but we've been looking at things that Jesus said throughout this series. Um, remember a couple of reasons why, first one obvious, Jesus is our model for life and ministry so we want to look at what he said and see how it impacts us and and uh, what that's, you know, that's always needs to be at the forefront of the things that we do. Also, um, I'm trying to sort of help you establish in your own, uh, you know, lives a um, discipline that I think is very helpful in your study time, a spiritual discipline, where you take a verse or two and you kind of dwell on them for a little period of time. Um, rather than just reading over the Bible, you know, as we sometimes do, and that's, that's, that's fine. But sometimes we take a verse and then just think about it. Ask God to help you use your holy imaginations, is what I've been saying, and really sort of, uh, you know, then concentrate and focus in on what that passage of Scripture, what those verses are saying, and think about it. Think about what it would have been like to be there, to hear it, to be a part of it, to, you know, from every angle that you can think of, sort of uh, just dwell on it. And... I think it's a very helpful way to study the Bible and to give it depth and, and uh, to redeem our holy imaginations and to really, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate the, the Scripture to us. So all of that's involved and I think it's a very helpful thing and we've spent quite a bit of time looking at um, things that Jesus has said over the last 18 weeks and uh, we're going to do a few more. Um, today we're going to look at something Jesus said. It's a... It's, so one, all the stuff that Jesus said is wonderful. This is good. Uh, he says it is finished, and I want to talk about that and what that means because it's pretty significant. So that's the uh, intro transition. Just there was a lot going on this week, so I didn't get much time to uh, really look for a bad joke. It does take longer than you might think. What did the pony say when he had a sore throat? Sorry, I'm a little horse. But that's really bad, right? So, the only other thing I could think of was, it's an old-timey one, but some of you might not have heard it. I don't remember the last time I did it. But, so the other day I went to the bank. I asked the, the teller to check my balance. So she reached over and gave me a little shove. Is that? Okay. There you go. All right. Pulled that one out of the back. Not bad? Anyway. Scripture reading. John chapter 19, verses 28 and following. Later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation and the next day was to be a special Sabbath because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it is given testimony and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth and he testifies that you also may believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Blessed be 
the word of the Lord. I want to look today at the, the 30th verse of John 19. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. Now, when we started this series a long time ago now, such so uh, 18 weeks, three and a half months, uh, no, four, four and a half months, wow. Um, we started this series, and the apostle uh, John when, when he introduces Jesus to us in the beginning of uh, John 1, which is where we looked at this whole thing, we, we were introduced to him as the Word. And, and that uh, uh, it, it was through him that all things were made and created. He, in effect, spoke them into being. And if you, way back in that first one, I said one of the very first things that we see Jesus saying is, is asking the guys, you know, what do you want that have started to follow him? And my whole point has been how amazing it is that the one who spoke it all into being asked them, what do you want? Now here, uh, all these weeks later, we see Jesus again saying something so critical um, and, and so amazing at the end of his life when he says, it is finished. And, and it's, it, it's not that he actually says it in sort of, sort of a quiet way. He says it in a loud voice. It, it, it impacts, it is finished. And, and, and it's in no way a, uh, a cry of defeat. It's a definite cry of victory, but I want to look at why and in the process. Now, in the Greek, the word that's being, uh, that Jesus spoke, speaks there is tetelestai. Tetelestai. I want you to think about that, and I, that's one word I'd like you to hang on to. That is a great word. So it's one word that he says. It has in its uh, sort of understanding, it is finished, is what it means. But he says tetelestai, and he shouts it out from the cross. The word has some interesting uses. It would be used by servants when a task had been completed. They would report back and say, Tetelestai, it is finished. It would be used by a priest when a sacrificial animal was found to be worthy. Tetelestai was, was the, the pronunciation, the, the thing that was pronounced on that animal. It would be used by an artist when the final touches to a work of art were complete. So you can imagine, you know, Tetelestai, that was finished. It would be used by a merchant when a deal had been made and all of the negotiations were finished Tetelestai. So when Jesus shouts out it is finished Tetelestai. It was not a cry of defeat, it was a shout of victory Jesus is saying that something great has been accomplished and that something great is the redemption of man that's what takes place when Jesus shouts out Tetelestai. Something amazing had been completed that had been going on for a long period of time. He's actually finishing a work that started and as recorded as started in way back in Genesis 3.15 right after the fall and Adam and Eve fall and, and in Genesis 3 we, that's recorded for us and in, ver in the verse 15 it says I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That's a very important verse in the scripture and, and it's actually known as the beginning point of something in the scripture called the crimson thread of redemption. And what that means is from that point throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, we can follow this, this thread of redemption that leads to and is culminated in that moment on the cross when Jesus says, it is finished. And, and, and if you, when you read, you're, it's just fascinating to watch the hand of God at work in the process of redeeming mankind from the fall. Remember, at the fall, we were separated from God. Um, and and we, we were um, in big trouble. And this plan is in place, and it's weaving its way through history to the very point where Jesus says, it is finished, 
tetelestai. It's an amazing, uh, amazing word. It's an amazing accomplishment. Something that had been started was being completed. And, and it's so important that, that, that it was finished. Do you, you know, you know um, a lot of people are pretty good at starting things, but not many people are good at finishing things. Have you ever noticed that? Anybody here got any unfinished projects kind of that you started with great enthusiasm and then you don't finish? My, my wife has a thing she calls, uh, and, and I've stolen it from her and use it all over the place. She always calls it completing your circles, finishing your circles. And uh, it's one of the things that when I'm, I get the privilege of mentoring young people here, it's one of the things that I try and get on top of just about all the time. You have to finish your circles. Finish what you start. If you start something, finish it. That's going to take you farther than almost anything else. Um, but, but we're really good starters. We're not very good finishers. Um, and so we always need to be working on that. But, but Jesus says it is finished, tetelestai, and it's an amazing moment in time. And, and so all of these things throughout the Bible that are pointing to this moment when Jesus would lay down his life for us on the cross, um, it all comes to this culmination at that moment. It is finished. He shouts out, Tetelestai. Now, everyone is in need of redemption because we're all fallen. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, all have sinned fall short of the glory of God. So in Adam, um, all of us have sinned. And by nature's, by nature, we are slaves to sin. We're sort of born into it. And people struggle with that concept. People, well, that doesn't seem right, you know, that we're, we're born into it. But so here's a question. For those of you who've ever raised children, whoever you might be, or have dealt with little children, let me ask you this. How old were your children when you taught them to start breaking your rules? Did anybody teach them? How, how, how old were they when you taught them to put that hand on the hip <laughs> and look at you and tell you no? How, how old were they? You didn't teach them that. They knew how to do that. It's bo- they're born with it. It's, we are all born with that in us. And so it's not something that you teach them. They're born knowing how to do wrong and they choose to do it as well. And so we all have an issue because of that. We're, we're born with this issue. Uh, we're born and, and by nature we're slaves to sin and we're stuck in that process. Um, and, and so the redemption that Jesus provides for us on the cross frees us from the slavery of sin. Romans 3.24, we're justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Um, we've talked about that word throughout this series, that word justified. And I've said to you it's, a, it's an amazing beginning of an amazing process and the way to remember that just as if I hadn't sinned um, that's how God sees us now when he sees us in Christ the, uh, that, that this redemption that Jesus makes possible for us at that moment on the cross and then defeating death and rising again that now God when he sees us all those who believe he sees us in Christ and so he sees us in the perfection of his son we've been justified where we struggle and why it's so important to know is we understand that we we um we're still a mess. If we're honest with ourselves, we know we're still struggling. And, and so sometimes that's hard for us to sort of understand, well, how can I be restored when I'm still such a mess? And then sometimes we try and pretend that we're in a better spot than we are, or we, we, you know, we try and earn you know, uh, you know, our way to Him or something. Well, I don't deserve it. And I, so I've got to work really hard. But God does, us, does it for us in, in this idea and that He now sees us in Christ. Now, knowing that, 
then, you know, that's when we talked about the other things. But we're still in the process of sanctification. And that's the, the work of the Holy Spirit in us who's, who's changing us. Whereas we yield to Him, He helps us to, um, to, to make better choices and to walk the way of the Lord throughout the course of our lives. Ultimately, to glorification, as we said, which is, you know, when we're with Him forever and ever, at that point, it's, everything is dealt with and it's as if it, it never happened. It never, you know, it's at that point we're free from it all. But we're in process. In Romans 6, 5, and 7, it says, If we've been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. So this redemption means that we're no longer slaves to sin. This is pretty cool. Because what it means is we now can choose whether or not we're going to sin or not. And if we choose not to, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us in that direction. That's what it comes down to. Before, you, when you were born into it, you, you were a slave to sin. You, 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 just where you were. But now, we're justified. So he sees us as if we hadn't. In him, we're justified. And, and we can yield to this process of sanctification. And we can choose now to not sin. Um, you, you, nobody perfectly, but when we can make those choices and He works with us and helps us in the journey. And so this is an amazing thing that happens because of uh, Jesus there on the cross. And some other neat benefits of, of uh, redemption. We're forgiven. Big deal. That's point number one actually in your notes. We're forgiven. Ephesians 1.7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Very important to know, so you've been forgiven. So all that mess that you were stuck in, um, when you come to Christ, you're forgiven. And even the things that we'll continue to do, you're forgiven because of what He's done on the cross. It doesn't mean we take that for granted or we go out of our way to sin. It just means we're forgiven. Very important to know that this is one of the benefits of redemption because the enemy would like you to think that uh, uh, he can still kind of pound you with guilt and shame, but you're forgiven. And you're now seen through Christ because it's finished uh, and he's done what he needed to do I I don't need to get beat up by the enemy anymore because of what Jesus has done I don't need to let him have uh, run rampant in my life because of what Jesus has done on the cross it's finished I he's taken care of it that word I listen uh, it's one of those things I'd like you to sort of think about and hang on to I think it's a great word and I think that using it will help set you free in a lot of different areas when you, when you can get you to, to the point where you, you're sort of under it and you go, no, no, wait a minute, Ted Leste, I, it's finished. Jesus has taken care of all this. I don't need to get stuck here. It's like, it's way better than Hakuna Matata. <laughs> that's that's uh, old Disney thing, Hakuna Matata. Is it Disney? I don't even know if it's Disney. Is it Disney? Because... That, that means no worries, I guess, but there's no power behind it. Tedelestei, the creator of everything who's spoken into being, he shouts it out. It's got a lot of power behind it. It's finished. It's finished. He did it. He, he took care of it. Because of it, too, we're adopted into the family of God. Genesis, uh, Galatians 4, 5, and 7. To redeem those under law, there's the redemption, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because your sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And since you're a son, God has made you also an heir. You're now part of the family of God because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Because of that, you've been redeemed. You're, you're a child of the king. You, 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 you're an heir. 
It's, an, it's just it's amazing what's taken place. You've been adopted into the family of God because of what's taken place. And, and it's another one of those amazing promises and it's an amazing reality that you need to hang on to as you go through life. That uh, you're a child of the God. No one, you, no one can talk, uh, put you down, say that you're not good enough, that you ain't worth it, that you have no value. Ted Lestei, you're a child of the King. You're, you're, you're redeemed. See, see it's, it's an amazing, powerful thing that happens. You've been adopted into the family of God. Third, you're at peace with God. It's a big deal. Colossians 1, 18 through 20. Uh, and he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. There's that process taking place, and because of what he's done there, we're now at peace with God. We're no longer separate from him, we're at peace with him. Uh, we're no longer in conflict with him, we're at peace with him. It's an amazing thing. This whole idea of a peace being at peace with God uh, changes, I, I think, the way we look at everything. We're, we'll spend some more time talking just about that point next week because it's that important that we understand what it means to be at peace with God, having the peace of God, and, and, and what that's all about in our lives. But because of what Jesus has done, um, because we've been redeemed, we're at peace with God. And fourth, and there's a whole lot of things that I could go with here, but, but you know, time, um, because of this redemption, all it means. But uh, this, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You're not on your own. You were bought at a price. That's the idea behind it. Um, Tedeleste, I therefore honor God with your body. So, so here's this amazing thing now. So, so, so we've, because of what Jesus has done, we can come to Him and, and, uh, and, and, you know, He, He forgives us and He adopts us into His family and, and um, uh, we're at peace with Him now and, and he, he, then He fills us with His Spirit. Um, and, and His Spirit then um, leads us and guides us and teaches us and empowers us and helps us in this process. Although God is already seeing us as justified in His Son, um, so He sees us in the perfection of His Son, but we're walking this thing out towards Him and we get where we're still a mess. But He, he even then sends His Spirit to dwell in us to help us on this journey. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing that takes place in the life of a believer. Spirit of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God in you, dwelling in you, helping you in this life, now and forever. It's, it's just an amazing, amazing process. And, and so, you know, in, in Christ, you're forgiven. No more guilt, no more shame, no more dwelling in the past. You don't have to pay anymore. You don't have anything to earn or to prove Tetelestai because it's finished you're a child of God you're his favorite I say that around here all the time you're my favorite but do you know that you're God's favorite and you go well mahup. no you're his favorite how can everybody he's God you're his favorite you're adopted into his family you're his favorite you're his favorite child you Tetelestai you're his favorite no, no room in there for you to think you have no value or purpose or meaning in life. 
or that life is somehow mundane and, and all you're, you're just trying to sort of go through the days to whatever. You're a child of the king. Tetelestai. You're reconciled to God. You're at peace with him. Tetelestai. You're, you're, the Holy Spirit dwells in you to help you, lead you, guide you, teach you, empower you, give you gifts for the common good. Tetelestai. Somebody tries to, to, to come and mess with you. Ted Lestai. You don't need to take it on. It's finished because of what Jesus has done. You start to get all irritated. Anybody here get irritated by little things that don't seem to be going right? Every now and again that happens to me. And I start getting taken way out of it. And I think, you know what? If this is a great word, Ted Lestai. It doesn't matter. This is the main deal. The main thing's taken care of. If everything, he, it's finished. He's done all the stuff already. I don't have to earn it, work for it. I just, I'm just in it. He fills me with his spirit. He helps me every step of the way, and 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 I'm with him now and forever. Ted Lestai. I don't, I don't need to get all beat up by stupid things that don't matter. It's finished. This is life changing. When Jesus shouted this out, it changed everything for all time. Ted Lestai. It wasn't a an ending cry of defeat. It was a resounding sound of victory. Tetelestai, it is finished and life is available now to everybody. Anyway, think about that this week. Dwell on that, what that means, what that's like. Hold on to that word. Use it. It's very helpful. Sing it. Like Hakuna Matata only. Tetelestai, I don't know the rest of the song, but it's good. Think about it. Dwell on it this week. I think it'll help you. And uh, that's good for today. If you're watching by video or on TV, thank you so much. Appreciate you doing that. If you need prayer, go to the website. And we'd be happy to pray for you, but we're going to call it a, a day right there.